This is episode 55 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we talk about Disney buying LucasArts, Halo 4, Assassin's Creed 3, and XCOM, and finish off with an over-under recap. Welcome to the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I'm Anthony. I'm Mitch. And I'm Jeff. You guys went totally out of order, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and you ruined it. I know. No, it's fine. We're still rolling. We're just going. Yeah, we're just, we're just going now. We bring the podcast back to you. Yeah, so, so Mitch is doing Bane voice. Um, there at some point. You guys might think this is a drunk cast going on because apparently we're very giggly tonight, but <laughs> it is not. I think we're all just on medication. Yeah, that medication might be it. Cats. I'm just Canadian. We just we had a preset order of who was going to say what name, and I'm always first. Just you know, because, because yeah, he's I wrote you, the last name was a, his name, and then you wrote Anthony's name with like a semicolon and like a K. I just type letters, you know, and you guys need to understand what they mean. <laughs> so <laughs> is that a stone to be in this podcast? <laughs> he, he, yeah. make, he makes sure to spell his name correctly you know, with, <laughs> with maybe one extra D, but the others is just like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> An extra D for dick. Oh. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah. that's fire. It's oh. getting real. All right. Um, Guys, come on. Okay. Guys, seriously. We've only, sorry. We, I'm sorry, Eddie. We've only been back at this and we're already fighting. Um, what so episode of the podcast is this? It is this episode, is episode 55. 55. 55. 55. How many weeks has it been since the last one? A month. A long yeah, it's, been a month. It's, it's been a month weeks. Um, <laughs> a month week. So that's a, it's a while. Forever that's, on internet, years, <laughs> as I learned. That's longer than, you know, our week, that we try to do. But yeah. only one of you commented, so you know. Yeah, obviously you guys don't care. That's true. I'm not like deluged with new Twitter followers, so. <clears throat> but yeah, so our last podcast we were apologizing for Resident Evil Six. Uh, what should we apologize for this podcast? The lack Nick's of a podcast. Nothing. Never apologize. That's that's what Mitt Romney says. Oh. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I feel. Oh, Jeff, you're talking politics. Uh, can't do that. No, sorry, can't have. Don't, we can't have don't, that. Don't do that. I apologize for my binders for, full of women. <laughs> that's for Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> mainly Facebook. Mainly, yeah, Facebook. mainly Facebook. Um, so the big news that's happened this week actually isn't really video game related. Well, it could be. It's everything related. It's everything related. But uh, Star Wars Episode Seven coming out 2015. Um. Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. My initial reaction was confusion and then excitement. That Mine was right. orgasmic joy. <clears throat> well, because I saw it, you know, Jeff sent the link and it was just like, whoa, what? 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 And then, like, it took a second to hit. It was like, oh my, like, because then it was a little bit before you sent that it was actually episode seven, not just a random right. Star Wars movie. Well, I sent, yeah, I was I like, oh, the it'll be Clone Wars movie. Or... It, it was literally within 10 minutes of them announcing it that I sent the link. Yeah. And then you said episode seven, and then I was like, oh. And at first I was like, no, but then I was like, this could be awesome. <laughs> there is no way this is not fantastic news. Like, I have gone into full-on fanboy. Anybody who says anything negative about this, you will face my wrath. Well, Anthony made the best point because Anthony was like, what are they going to do, screw it up? You're 15 years too late for that. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it can't get any worse. Star Wars was starting to fade into just like, well, that was a nice thing for a while. You know, and now it has a chance to. It's like, aren't you all kind of filled with renewed hope and optimism again? You know, yeah. It's just, and, and you have honest, honestly, to. like, the, there are a lot of people who only think of the prequels when they think of Star Wars. Like, yeah. I feel like I have friends who who heard this news and reacted with "ugh" because of the prequels, not because yeah. of any of the other movies. These are sequels. <gasps> oh, that felt good to say. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's and then also, but also, like, I, I mean, I imagine they're just going to use this as like a launch point for a new thing. Like, I think people, I doubt that they'll continue much with any like Luke, Leia, hand stuff. They might be in there like passingly, uh, right? As fanboy service, you know. But I could see like you know Mark Hamill making an appearance. I can yeah. imagine Harrison Ford saying, "Go fuck yourself." Call me when Indiana Jones Five is ready. Yeah. Well, you know Harrison Ford. Is Mark Hamill's schedule isn't exactly busy. <laughs> No. Well, Harrison Ford is like 70 now and yeah, Mark he's Hamill. Old. Yeah, the, I think Mark Hamill and, and uh Carrie Fisher are both in their 60s, 50s or 60s. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the thing is, if they're included in the movie, you have to take into account the time jump, like right. autom- automatically. And yeah, I don't know. I I actually kind of hope might, they, they might start to age Luke, you know, Mark Hamill down to like forty five or something. Uh, if you wanted to, kinda... I'd rather them just be old and be their kids coming yeah, of age like kind of story. Old Luke training new Jedi. Boom. I kind of hope they wipe the slate clean. I I actually would prefer that they don't bring the old cast back. Well, I, I, when I say bring him back, I mean just like in a passing, role. like in the way that like Alec Guinness was in A New Hope for like fifteen minutes, you know. See, I'd well, say even was... less than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, but but just like a passing, like oh hey, there they are in the scene, and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> What's exciting about this is when the prequels came out, like we had a we had an idea of some things that would happen. Like we knew that oh, and Anakin would turn to the dark side, and that you know they him and Obi Wan would fight. We, got nothing here. we yeah. have nothing. It's so scary and exciting at the same time. We have no idea what this is going to be about. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like, despite the fact that there are so many expanded universe books, I feel like they're going to ignore most or all of that. Oh, I, I can pretty like much guarantee that they yeah. will ignore. Yeah, they probably will. They have Although I, like... I wouldn't mind them adapting the idea of the heir to the empire series, not doing a direct adaptation because that like is only like five to ten years later. Um, Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's just a really good villain, though. But yeah, Thrawn's a really good villain, and I could see them just, thing. Yeah, yeah, they could just adapt that idea and put it, set it, you know, twenty five years later with the brand new characters discovering the Air right. Empire stuff. You know, um, <coughs> I wouldn't mind. I would not mind that just because I think Thrawn's a really compelling villain. I I need but, to read those books. I I mean, I have. They're, they're, they're good. Well, it's nice because he's a, he's a villain that's not like a Sith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's just a really brilliant tactician yeah a little too brilliant sometimes they have the characters do some dumb things and he gets to make some incredible leaps of logic in oh, order yeah, he to uh it. he like xanatos roulettes them several times to, to the point of the, where it's like oh i predicted that you would do this random thing you know yes oh, yeah. you did something completely the opposite of what makes sense and i knew you would do it because i studied your artwork yeah you have activated my trap card yeah so. like all the star wars authors and zon's not you know, alone in this, all the, have a habit of making their characters that they create better than everyone else. Yeah, the guy who did Corn the Horns, Horn Horn, is like prime the Jesus example. Christ of Star Wars when Luke is not around. He's actually smarter Pretty than much. Luke in several books. So, but anyways, yeah, Star Wars, really exciting. Nerd alert! Uh, Nerd alert. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so... I wonder how many people are going to be like, "Who the fuck is Corn Horn?" What the <laughs> well, get up, bitches? What what what's weird to me is how many people are like, "Ugh, Disney's going to screw it up." I'm like, "Well, Disney owns the Avengers, and they did a good job with that. They bought Pixar, and they have it. They've let them have their autonomy." Yeah, like, you know? I just I think yeah, that... actually, like Pixar. Uh, part of what happened with Pixar was when they came on. They took over the Disney animation. Like yeah. Pixar yeah. had more influence on influence on Disney than Disney did on Pixar. Yeah. Right. There's no reason to think that they won't still let Lucasfilm run things the way they want. They're just gonna like you're just gonna make the things that we tell you to, but you can still run your business the way you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, like 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 like, <laughs> like Eddie just said, they did a really good job with the Avengers. Yeah. Like they're doing the right things. I have full faith in them now. The reason I said this could be video game related is because now Disney owns LucasArts, like old school games. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Because um, apparently there was some Pixar thing that were rumored about like a year ago that they were interested in doing something about like a Day of the Dead kind of setting, which would be Grim Fandango. Right. Like out the gate. Like, you know what I mean? So like they could actually have some of those like Maniac Mansion and like Grim mm-hmm. Fandango and. They would actually they actually own those properties now too, which so is interesting. I think what's most likely to happen with that is that we'll start seeing those games get re-released on mobile, on on the iPads and stuff, and maybe see new new versions of them. That would be cool. I, w- I would like well, to see Maniac not, Mansion on mobile. Not even that. Like, what's going to happen to Star Wars thirteen thirteen? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's they, they, they just yeah they said development of that is still on schedule and there's no problems with that because when even when Disney bought Marvel like. Everything went that was still in the works, still, you know, stayed in the works. Like it wasn't like everything was canceled all of a sudden. So I think everything will stay going on, and it's just future projects going forward will be have more of the the Disney influence. You know what's going to be weird, guys? And sorry to be a major downer in this Star Wars discussion, but Don't I think I was it. I think I was talking to Nick a few weeks ago. Celebrity deaths never really affect me, but I was like, when one of the first main Star Wars characters dies, I don't want to. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I don't know why I was just thinking about this just now. I guess because we're talking about Star Wars. I'm surprised. And because they're old. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) 
So you mean the, the, the actors or the, the characters? Yeah. No, 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 like the actors. When one of the actors dies, hmm. that might be one of the first celebrity deaths that, like, because usually celebrity deaths, you're like, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah. you're sad, you know, like, but. There's only a few that, like, really affect you, you know what I mean? <coughs> but yeah. Like, I was surprised at how sad I was when the Beastie Boy died, but when Michael Jackson died, I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> okay, wait, I actually have a really nerdy question. Anthony, besides Chewbacca, has any of the main characters died in the books yet? Uh, any of the main characters? No. It's just Chewbacca, right? So they're all they're also kicking it at like almost eighty years old now. Yeah, they're all still running around. That's dumb. They they, they bring in new people and then those people die. Like they, Han and Leia's kids. They had three kids and two are dead. So spoilers. Oh yeah. Well now yeah. I can't read any of the books. Thanks. Well now I can't read all forty. You don't know which. There. Yeah, there's only like eighty of them, so you don't know which books. So I was going to spend the next three years of my life reading all of those books. So I that's mean. okay. I spent the last twenty. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Anthony, I've already, I've already done that. Yeah, like I've been following these books since they came out. So I like how they were just like, yeah, Chewbacca wasn't really going to be useful in this storyline, so we just killed him in the first book. Yeah, they just like went to George Lucas and they're like, we want to kill somebody. Who who can it be? And he was like, you can kill Chewbacca. Speaking of George Lucas, how baller is it that he's giving the majority of that four billion to? Like charity yeah no that, awesome. that was actually one of my favorite parts so so the story is that he was the sole owner of lucas yeah mm-hmm. it, it didn't have any debt so he got most of that money he got and two billion in cash and two billion in stock options yep, yep. that's and crazy he's, that's he's so also that also means he's one of the biggest, but he's already rich <laughs> yeah well he's that also rich. means he's one of the biggest stockholders in disney now like when right. steve, yeah. when steve jobs died he had like 7.7 percent You googling Google Foo? That, We're hearing Google Foo. No, up. sorry, my my screen went to sleep. Um, uh, sorry oh, about oh. That. I thought you were googling it. No, it was weird. I don't, I don't know why it did that. Um, he has numbers off the top of his head. Okay, so what I was saying, uh, Steve Jobs owned like seven percent of Dizzy when he died. Lucas is going to own two percent, but that's still a lot. Yeah, he's still going to be like, of Disney is quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So he's and I, I think they said he'd be one of the own one of the biggest shares you know but he'll have like a non-controlling oh well, yeah, you know, yeah. make decisions or whatever but that's pretty good but yeah he he actually already runs a, an educational charity uh and so they're thinking he's either going to put more towards that or maybe start up a new one but yeah he like that's that's pretty awesome hasn't also, he also been talking so he about gets building, to ruin my uh, childhood but enhances somebody else's i don't think that's fair <laughs> <laughs> that's good bitch that was good when people just like have so much money that they can just stick it in their ears and go, you know. Right. Is that like a real expression? No, it's an idea as a joke. But oh god, yes, it is. But like that, when people just have that much money, like it's always like I don't want to tell anyone how to spend their money, but like when you've got that much and you really don't know what to do with it. Yeah. But so I just what? think it's neat that he's the guy has built this empire, and he gave it to him for pretty much a song like four billion for lucasfilm is oh, that's oh good yeah deal. no i mean yeah. that's that's the thing if, if he had a, a board that he had to answer to they probably would have yeah would never have allowed this yeah yeah, yeah. So. and then and then he just wants to give the money away i just think that's so cool yeah uh, hasn't he also talked about building like a kind of project housing on his property because i think people he, I think he already about... does that or he, yeah he's already started that <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't care about jar jar he's a really good guy and you guys need to let off him all right <laughs> That being said, stay far away from the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with him in, a, in an advisory role. Yeah, you know, just like, hey, you know, we were going to go this way with it. What do you think? You know, well, oh, okay, cool. Because I think what George Lucas probably doesn't need at this age anymore is just a bunch of yes people. Because, like, I was thinking about this, and this goes into a story and plot thing that Eddie and I were talking about last week. The actual story of the prequels is okay. It's just the steps he took to get to the certain areas. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we got to get Anakin to do this, whatever. The actual story's all right. It's just the the things he did in the movies, like to get everybody to the place. Yeah. Get it, it didn't come off right. So he can come up with a good idea and concept, and if that's what he gave them when he gave them these treatments or whatever, you know, that'll be all right. Who would you want to direct a new Star Wars movie? Jeff, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's tough. Like, uh, it it could be somebody really surprising. You know. Yeah. Um, like I, I think it would be really cool if it it was somebody who was a strong enough director to to put their own stamp on it. Because I, I like I'd hate if they just hire you know another journeyman director who's just going to do everything the the suits tell them to do tells yeah. them to do. Right. You know. I mean that was what that was what was great about Joss Whedon on the Avengers is he is very much an auteur. 
who, who right. put like his stamp on that story while still also making a fantastic comic book movie. Like yeah. he, he, he satisfied both sides of it. Um, and so that's what I want to see. I want to see a director who can bring like uh, director and writer who can bring, uh, you know, just fantastic. Is that now like the most coveted job like in Hollywood? I think it is. I bet he's sitting oh, here sure. like, damn it. Why did I sign out for the Avengers too? If I just held out for a couple more months. <laughs> I mean, I, I was saw, thinking the Hollywood like, reporter uh, posted a pretty good short list of like, you know, John Favreau, Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, I think David Fincher is an intriguing choice. I don't think David Fincher is the right choice. Neil Blomkamp. I think uh, he's intriguing though, because he really I likes. Know, the... I don't know for Star Wars for Neil Blomkamp. No. Man, or, you guys suck. You have or... to get somebody. It's important, like in the way that Super. It was important to get, and they didn't do this with Zack Snyder. It's important to get the tone of Star Wars right. I mean, yeah. you get the the darkness of the Empire Strikes Back. Anybody can do that, but like the sort of the fun adventure tone of the uh, you know the first movie, especially. That's really important. Just have Irving Kirshner do it again. He's dead. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I don't care. Just have him do it. Well, they're Disney. Isn't Walt Disney like cryogenically frozen? So they can <laughs> yeah. use that technology they, to bring they probably Irving got, They probably got Irving life. there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. Look, yeah, just, like it needs to be someone. Like That's the thing about Empire Strikes Back is that he, I mean, he his background was like romances, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to make it a love story. Well, and then uh, Lawrence Kasdan, the, the writer, I don't think he had ever written any sci-fi before that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure well, on that, but... I don't think he had either. I think, didn't he do, like, I think he did Body Heat or something afterwards. I think John Favreau would actually be a pretty good choice. Yeah. John Favreau would be good. So, so J.J. Abrams... I would Abrams, like to see Spielberg like direct one. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want to see Spielberg direct one. He, he, I, Spielberg has actually said, Spielberg has actually said he doesn't want to make big action movies anymore, so it's probably not... That was before Star Wars came on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like he would. I th- he directed the best action scene in Revenge. It's like Jordan. Jordan coming back to the NBA after going to the minor leagues. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's because he got suspended for yeah. two years for gambling. I mean, but what about like Brad Bird? That's. A, I would love Brad Bird. How cool would choice. that be? Yeah. Plus, he's already kind of he's worked with Disney. Mm. You know. Yeah, he that that. He's and a good I I liked Mission Impossible Four. I, I, I did too. Cool. I thought it was fantastic. And you know what? You're right. Um, He's almost too perfect a choice. Uh, you said a minute ago, J.J. Abrams, because that Star Trek movie was Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it was the first movie in a long time that really, like, captured the feel of Star Wars. It was the first movie in a long time that I, like, I want to see that movie again in theaters. Like, that was really fun. Um, so, I, based on that, he could easily do a Star Wars movie and make it good. I think he could maybe do it, but I think he'd need better writers than he, Yeah, no, Star he Trek would. Had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Like, don't let Damon Lindelof write Star Wars. Markel, the first thing he said. <laughs> oh was, God! You're gonna get excited. It's gonna be just like Prometheus. I was like, I will fucking break up with you right now. <laughs> don't you mention Prometheus? I, I like I like Damon Lindelof. I do. I don't, He's funny on Twitter, but I told I told Eddie this uh, when I was really? at the Austin Film Festival. I actually st- stood next to Damon Lindelof, who was having a conversation with Phil Rosenthal, who created Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, I was standing next to them while they. Talked. I'd have been like, Phil, let's beat some answers out of him. Come on. <laughs> No, I like I like Damon Lindelof. I think he's a good um, concept guy. Yeah, I think he's a really good concept guy, and I think he knows what stories will grab people. Yeah, I was about to say. <coughs> See if I could like finish your sentences all night. Well, I, I'm, we're gonna I'm partly pausing to think, partly pausing because I'm trying not to cough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just he somehow he's become like the go-to script guy in Hollywood, and I just don't think he's done a great job with them. But yeah, I still haven't seen Prometheus. Is it man? See Prometheus, you might change your tune a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, see, I don't even care about like me and Nick were talking about this. I don't care about the ambiguous stuff. Like that didn't bother me in Prometheus. What bothered me was the terrible, like logic things. Like just railroading characters into the train track of plot. Right. You know, like it was awful. And so. Yeah. Oh, um, here's something. I've been actually agonizing over this. We're not going to have the Fox fanfare at the beginning of the movies. Oh, wow. That's really bothering me. I feel like they just need to go to Fox and be like, look, we'll give you a million dollars every time we use it. Well, oh, that's, that's going to be that... weird. I know. They should just go to him and be like, look, can we give you a million dollars? It's not that. Uh, dun, 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 dun. I hear just that, and I always think I'm a recorder cover of it to do it. <laughs> I feel like Disney needs to like hire no. a council of nerds and put me and Mitch on it and be like, what's important to Star Wars? And we'll be like, the fanfare. you got to have the fanfare. You know, like we can tell them the things that are really important. Like that is going to be weird. I didn't scene one. Jar Jar dies in a horrible accident. (laughs) (laughs) 
Actually, I'm playing. People need to get over the Jar Jar. Just, just don't even have Jar Jar. Just pretend that never happened. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited. Like I'm, like on cloud nine. Like I'm a kid again. I'm really happy. Well, speaking of things, sci-fi things that we're excited about, since we've been talking about Star Wars for a long time. Very long time. Uh, <laughs> Halo Four. Yay! It's coming. That out was actually Tuesday. a really good transition. Yeah. Halo Four is coming out on Tuesday, and it is getting crazy good reviews. It's the best Halo ever, unless you look at the review scores. <laughs> yeah, everybody says it's like the best Halo ever, but then it's scored lower than every single Bungie Halo except for ODST, which people hate unfairly and I think is one of the greatest stories in a Halo game. Yeah, That's because just... I think at the end of a console cycle, they start getting stingy with their review scores. Yeah, finally. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. let's, let's do this. What, let's do what we should have been doing for the last seven years. Oh, okay. It's like yeah, I, it's can, a... I can remember all the hundreds of games that have come out. I, I guess I should rate this one lower. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. Early in console cycles, they're pretty forgiving of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I'm just I'm excited because it sounds like three four three did a really good job, kind of taking the torch and putting their own stamp on it. Even. Yeah, I know you were, and I'm not like harping. But I know you were pretty skeptical. Or whatever. Have you read any of the reviews? Have they, you know, seemed to fix any misgivings you may have had? I actually didn't get to read any reviews. I read a little bit of the Penny Arcade one, mm-hmm. um, where he was gushing about it. Yeah, dude was, like, hyped on it. Yeah, I said he was gushing about it. Frothing at the slit. I'll cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) I like how there wasn't even a chance to anyone respond. (laughs) 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 Nobody tell Ben Kuchera I said that about him. But, yeah, all the reviews have been, like, super positive. Uh, The one over on Polygon said that it was, like, the first game since Halo Combat Evolved to sort of, like, recapture the magic that that game had. Like, I always feel like Halo Combat Evolved have kind of, like, this, like, intangible feel about it where it's just, like, there's something new and magical about playing that game and, like, every Bungie Halo after that has kind of been chasing that idea. So to hear that this is the first game to kind of recapture that gets me super excited. It always feels like there has been something that has hampered every sub- subsequent Halo after the first one. You know, the I can't give you detail. I, I don't know what... I'm sure people had problems with Halo 3. I know the lack of an ending bothered people in Halo 2. It just always felt like there was something like held it back from being as great as the first game. And they said, maybe this one is as great as the first game. Well, I still think Halo 3 is incredible. Yeah, Halo, Halo 3 is great. Really uh, I like Halo Reach a lot. I it had, a, it had a lot of detractors, oh. but... I really liked Reach. Yeah. So I'm I'm really curious to kind of see how it all turns out. And I hear the multiplayer is stellar. So. I'm excited for our, yeah. um, you know. Oh, most important thing, the uh, the Armo camo ability, or the, the hologram ability, where, you know, you can send out a holographic decoy. It's still in this game, which means we can have one of our patented gamer sushi uh, shoot all the decoys <laughs> and just let them all run around the map. Uh, or the or the jetpack. Let us take this battle. Oh, no, I got to do oh, the you main just voice. it. Yeah. Let us take this battle to the skies, brother. <laughs> yes. The Spartan rises. Yes. Jetpack <laughs> and wow. decoy. The armor. I'm I'm sad the the locked block is gone because that was really fun. Yeah, we had a lot of good times with that. that. Sprint is now a default ability. You can just sprint. Which like, is that's the way it needed yeah, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Speaking just of like, Halo, yeah. uh, Ford unto Dawn is actually really really good. I watched the first episode. I liked it. Yeah. It takes a little bit to get going, but it's uh, once you start getting to the second, third episode and stuff, it's, I, I was really impressed by it. The last episode will have come out by the time this podcast is up. It's coming so. out tomorrow, right? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm right. actually really impressed with the special effects and stuff in it. When the Elite show up and Master Chief's there. Dude, um, that, the Elite is so friggin' scary, dude. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Like The way it like moves and like the sort of like presence it has and the, the effect they put on its voice when it talks freaking scary man see this is the way that i don't like like screw screw doing a halo movie microsoft you've got your own platform to do this kind of stuff just deliver it on xbox live and charge people to watch it because they would pay it oh yeah no they they could totally get away with that like I, I, and they've done a really good job with this one like the, the production quality in this one's really impressive sorry Jeff, yeah, was it? i didn't mean to interrupt you you were no it's okay i i, I haven't really been talking because you know Halo's not my thing I do. I do Get think out. they. I do think they can make a lot of money <laughs> on, on you know just a, a Halo series that that's Xbox Live exclusive. Um, I think they they get a lot of visibility on that. I mean, or if they made some kind of deal with uh, maybe Netflix or something to to get it on that. 
I it's weird to me that, that they aren't forming these kind of like it just seems to me like a no-brainer like hey throw some money at this and see how it goes i mean ford unto dawn they spent some money on it just seems like a no-brainer like hey let's invest a little bit of money in this and see if we can come up with our own like <laughs> we've got this we've got an audience of millions right well no, i mean bro the, the, bro the, halo legends 2 bro <laughs> yeah, coming I mean, at you that, that is the thing like just because they have the money to do it doesn't mean that they have the capability to do it so you know there's yeah. you know maybe there's there's a, a creative problem there or something well they're doing good with Ford onto Don I mean yeah so know, uh, yeah, but yeah, keep obviously, doing stuff like this they, like they, I saw uh, one of the Penny the Arcade guys tweeted like Ford into Don isn't shit guys it should be shit right <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to be terrible but it's actually not it has a very Battlestar Galactica feel to it Huh. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything more, much more spectacular than uh, you know a good show you would see on Sci-Fi. Yeah. Um, uh, I yeah I I'd say they go for it. I got no problem with it. I want to watch the other episodes this weekend so I can because I'm in full Halo pump-up mode. Yeah, I know it's kind of weird that's coming out. It, it's just surprising that's around the corner. Something else that's surprising that's around the corner is the Wii U is on Tuesday, which I had no idea. Yeah, it it really seems like they. I mean, I knew when the Wii was coming out. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on TV or on... They, like, they've really been, yeah. Like the Today Show or all those kind of places that were doing stuff about the Wii right before it came out. That is actually really strange that they haven't had any... Ad, like, I haven't seen any ads for it at all. I'm wondering if they're afraid of pushing away like the base of people that have the Wii, but I'm like, well, isn't that who you're counting on to buy this? Yeah. It's... I honestly... I'm really I like it's gonna here's the here's the thing that's gonna be annoying is it's gonna sell out at first right because it always every console yeah does. every console does and and we're gonna hear after hear about that for five or six months from you know the internet and the media oh, sold out no oh. you sold out don't you wish you had one no I don't because I have taste but you know <laughs> the, but like then six months from now when there's gonna be plenty on shelves that's gonna be what's key is like are they still gonna be flying off the shelves when because they're gonna keep the demand high by keeping the supply low and all those little things that they do i, I just want to flash forward to the future so we can get to the part where like yes this thing's a bust you know yeah i mean i don't want things to fail generally but i kind of just want the wii u to fail <laughs> i really do like i really because i'm always like look whatever makes you guys happy that's fine I, there's no reason for like i don't want shows that i don't watch to get canceled except for honey boo boo you know there's no <laughs> but this i really just don't want gaming to go in this direction and I don't want other people to copy this, like Microsoft and Sony, like they did with the Move and and the Connect. I so yeah, I do want the Wii U to fail. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I'm the worst <laughs> Nintendo fanboy ever. So so I'm guessing no one here is getting a Wii U, right? Nope, not for like five or six years. Nope. It, if yeah, ever. if you can get it used at like a a store for fifty dollars. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna throw an impromptu question. Five hundred dollars day one PS4. Yes or no? No. 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 I never okay. buy a, I've never bought a console day one. See, I have a thing called a, a PC that's probably going to be good <laughs> through the next generation of consoles, so I think I'm set. This will probably be the first console cycle where I don't have one of the consoles on the day of, because I don't, I don't think I'm going to get any of them. Yeah, well, no, I'm, no, I'm not, feel, the, I'm not Wii, feeling it. It's crazy to me that the Wii is the only thing in this console cycle I got the day of. I, um, I'm going to wait and see and, you know, see what games are coming. I'm, you know, I'm going to bide my time until probably everything's out and prices are a little bit lower next time but i look sony's gonna have to make a good case because otherwise i may just go whatever microsoft's got and that'd be my exclusive one four hundred dollars day one for ps4 or whatever the next xbox is 350 you got yourself a deal 350 i'd do it for yeah, one. yeah yeah i could see that but 400 I'm not sure. 400 I, you have to have some stellar launch titles. I, you know what? Honestly, no matter what the price point is, I feel like if there's not a game... That, like, yeah. th that's the thing. I waited until the PS3 price dropped, but I bought it because of Uncharted 2. Yeah. Right, that, yeah. that was really the reason I, I bought one, PS3. I got one in my birth, uh, for my birthday in February because Grand Theft Auto was coming out in April. Or yeah. May or whatever that was. So I always, I always wait for the game that I want before I get a console. So... Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's a system seller, I'll probably be willing to to go. I I think if the price is high and there's a, a game that is just must have and they have some features that I'm interested in, I could see being willing to pay a bit more for it. But what's way more likely is that I'm just gonna wait. I'm thinking Halo Five launch title for the next Xbox. 
they had any sense, they would do that. Yeah. And see, what's what's funny to me is like when I say like there's a game that I want, it's usually like a game of an established franchise. Um, like when people were buying Xboxes day one because of Uncharted Halo. Four launch title PS4, calling it sold. <laughs> Uh, well, if you were buying Xboxes for Halo 1 Combat Evolved when it came out, I was astounded. I'm like, this is a new franchise. It's hard. You don't know anything about it. Why are you booing this? Why are you wasting your money? Um, and, you know, it turned out to be right, but I'm much more of a play-it-safe kind of person with my two or $300. Yeah. I'm not an early adopter. I always liked, I let the the cannon fodder go first. Well, most most games that come out in the launch window are just total shit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't used to be that way. Mario 64. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, what came out this week, actually, I'm going to go ahead and move to the games that we're playing. Assassin's Creed 3, which, Mitch, you've been playing a little bit, but before we get to your experience, the reviews for the game have not been great. They've been, they haven't been bad. They've been very they've good. Been, they've been okay. <clears throat> yeah, they've been, they've been kind of okay. Kind of. They've been okay for games, which is 85. <laughs> yeah. Um, 85 means it boots up. It boots up when you put it in the system. <laughs> <laughs> it is a game. 80. I don't know, man. Medal of Honor Warfighter got 51, and it, it is apparently playable. Yeah. Well, so that's true. I don't know. Sometimes games just like stab you in the eyes after they start up. So that that knocks. I, I, I think Kojima is working on one of those. Actually, <laughs> you can you can left trigger, right trigger for four hours. It is a game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So people were. It seemed like their response was pretty. I guess restrained to it. It's just weird to me, and I know that this is just the way video game sites work, and I complain about video game sites too much, but um, it's just weird to me that sites can do these previews calling the game amazing for months, you know, one a week about, like, hands-on previews, talking about how great a game is, and then it comes out, and it's like, oh, it's not that great. I mean, I I know it's all part of the marketing machine, but still. It does seem weird that they're like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Well, you just polish up that one vertical slice that you're showing to press yeah. until it just like shines with a mirror sheen, and you show them that, and they're just like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Then the whole thing comes out, and it's kind of buggy and a little slow. And they're just like, "Oh, I guess we saw the good parts." Now, Mitch, you felt like you had some issues with it, but they've turned around recently, so I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. So I kind of I started playing Assassin's Creed three like pretty much as soon as I got home on Tuesday. And the one thing that it does wrong right off the bat is it takes a while to get going. Kind of like Assassin's Creed two took a while to get going. Five or six hours, you said, right? For I checked my I checked my play time today, and I'm just at five and a half hours. That's a long time to kind of get a game to get a game like that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I estimate that I was about like over four hours in before I actually put on the assassin robes, oh, which is kind of oh. when the whole game turned around for me. Because, like, you got to start off with, like, the prologue and, like, explaining all of, like, what Desmond's been... Like, you don't really have to play Brotherhood and Revelations because I kind of do, like, a really heavy info dump in the first ten minutes. Thank God. Yeah, just being <laughs> like, hey, this is what happened, and, and now we're here. I don't know, man. Now... Brotherhood and Revelations are a lot of fun. They're they better, are. They're better than two. Yeah, they are. Brotherhood especially, but uh, I guess this is for, like, people who wanted to skip them or whatever. But then yeah. you get in the Animus, and you do, like, the prologue stuff, and then you got to go through, like... Hey, this is how Connor. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his real name. This is how Connor came to be, and this is why he's becoming an assassin. And then, like, four and a half hours in, they're like, okay, now you can finally go play Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed 2 took a long time to get going, too. Yeah, it did. It was like, it was like a, about the same kind of amount of time before you actually put on the robes as Ezio and did your first assassination. It's kind of the same time frame. It's like four and a half hours to show you, to walk you through all the stuff. And, like, most of it is just repeats from, the, from like, two. They're with only a couple different things. Like the new naval battles are a ton of fun. That's kind of when the game turned around for me was the first naval battle because you get control of this kind of like. So explain these belly button battles. How do they work? Okay, so the, 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 am, I, am I mispronouncing it? Is this like a Canadian thing again? No, no, no that's, you're that doing the correct, everything perfectly. Correct pronunciation. <laughs> you just have a troll on the podcast. Okay, so so uh, these I've naval been on these that naval, one for a long time, guys. I held these, my tongue. The naval gazing battles. You kind of take control. <laughs> Of a, of a warship and you just go into like this like one set little mission in this in this like section of ocean sometimes there's rocks sometimes there's not and you can control two types of cannons you have like your full cannons or like the little tiny ones and you fight is like it, is it g cannon or is it no sorry that's star wars Jeez, anthony that is <laughs> that was a really tortured joke <laughs> And basically, you just steer the ship around and shoot cannons at guys. But the way it's done is a, is a hell of a lot of fun. Like, you can do, like, full broadsides and, like, take down three ships at once with all your cannons. It's 
it's a ton of fun. It kind of has to be like experience to really get it because like just explaining it sounds kind of boring. But the way the the camera moves and you're controlling the ship and like the way everyone runs around on the deck, like doing different stuff, like opening sails when you ask them to. It's really cool. That sounds really awesome. It looked really cool. You know, all the times I saw it. How does the uh, the wood like the stuff in the woods play compared to like the cities that we kind of know from Assassin's Creed? So the thing about the frontier is it kind of plays like the kingdom from the first Assassin's Creed game, but without, you know, all the stuff that made that stupid, like having to walk your horse past every guard and stuff like that. Like the tree running is fine. It takes a while to get used to like which trees you can actually climb up into. But once you recognize the signs like peeled bark and stuff, it's pretty easy. Uh, the thing about the frontier is that, like, when you're really close to everything, it looks really, really good. But, like, stuff, like, kind of in the medium distance has, like, no features on it at all. Huh. It, like, a grass, like, now, I don't know, like, 50 feet away from you, like, a hill, like, 50 feet away from you will have no grass. And, like, the trees will just be, like, straight up and then, like, a little tree at the top. So, like, close in, it looks really amazing. But, like, far away, it just looks, like, absolutely terrible. I wonder if it looks any better on the PS3. I'd say the PC is probably going to look the best, but yeah, I'd yeah. say PS probably looks better than the Xbox in that yeah. case. And the but, PS3 has a large install mandatory. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, it, I mean, probably it, helps. It changes it up from just running around the city, like Boston and stuff. I've only gotten to Boston; it's fine. I mean, it, there's not a whole heck of a lot of difference. Like the buildings are still tall enough that you can run around on top of them, and there's guards inexplicably posted on every rooftop to stop <laughs> you from running up there. Um, so yeah, that, be- that's because Boston was a police state after all. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. The revolution and everything. I don't know. It's 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 fine. Like the frontier is not as big of a deal as they made it out to be. It's just a new area for you to run around in and do stuff and occasionally hunt. Hunting's not that great. Hunting's kind of boring. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I hear you can't great. like kill an animal unless you actually skin it because then it will like desync. Because Connor would never do that. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you can't waste the animal. You have to skin it. And like the, the when it, when it's teaching you, sorry, hunt, Eddie, you have a bear fight. And my bear fight glitched for me, and the bear ran away, and the mission ended. So I didn't even kill the bear. The game's also, like, really glitchy. Like, a lot of the times you'll fail, like, those optional missions. That's weird. Haven't they been working on it for a long time? They have. I don't know what the deal is. They've been working on it since Brotherhood, right? Or for two? Uh, They've been working on it since two. Like, Brotherhood and... Yeah, that's crazy. ...were farmed out to, like, their other studios. But, like, a lot of the times you'll just fail, like, the optional missions for full synchronization because the game, like, glitches out. Like, there's one point where I had to avoid getting shot by the Redcoats by grabbing human shields. And, like, I went to go grab the guy, and then my guy just locked in place and, like, slid up the hill. <laughs> so the line of Redcoats shot at me, and I failed the optional objective. Wasn't there a day one patch? This is still with the patch? This, this is happen? still with the patch. The highly wow. recommended day one Look, patch. why... And, like, you know, you say, like, the slow start... And everything. What? How hard is it to know like what people want out of these video games? <laughs> Seriously, like they fucking do this shit all the time, and it just drives <laughs> me crazy. It's just like, oh well. Well, you especially know. for the for the what is this? The it's the actual. I mean, it's it's number three, but it's the fifth fifth, fifth game in the franchise. Like, right. quit quit the tutorial stuff. Give people a tutorial option if they want to do it, but just put start the game. Yeah, so instead they're all like, yeah. hey, you know that thing that JRPGs do that everybody hates? Let's do it. Cause when we yeah, do like, it, I understand awesome. why they wanted to set up like the things I set up in the prologue, but it's like you could have done that in like at most a half an hour and then just moved on to Connor being an assassin. I'll be curious to see how Halo 4 does it because there's, there's going to be like almost no sense for it story-wise for him, for Cortana to be giving him prompts. Yeah, <laughs> but they always That's... feel like I think they always feel like they have to assume that the people playing the game have never played any of the other games. Any game? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean they, they <laughs> not they, just any chief, other game, you, like any you, game. I, I, I All right, feel, chief. But... Do you know how to move your head left to right? <laughs> Try it now. The covenant is attacking, but first, please look at these glowing lights. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think that's always going to handicap every ongoing series. Like you, you always have to bring everybody up to speed because you. It, I mean. Even if your game comes out a year after the last one, you have to assume that you know people ignored everything else that happened. I mean, I think that's always going to be true. Like, can you think of any game that doesn't handhold at, at the start? Yeah, it's just a matter of how much you do. Because I mean, even the Halo, we're making fun of it, but Halo, like within five minutes, you're within like, five minutes, you're kind of running. And you're playing the game, but when it's got these, you know, Final Fantasy thirteen type things where they're holding your hands for, you know, if if anything. Is over I an hour. I played Medal of Honor Warfighter in the time that I did Assassin's Creed's tutorial. <laughs> See, that's like even that's... XCOM has like an hour-long tutorial. Yeah, it kind of like needs XCOM, it. Uh, yeah, XCOM that game needs it, needs it, but it's only an hour. 
Yeah, it's only an hour. Yeah, that's. I just don't understand. Like, ugh, like they just don't seem to understand what people want out of these games anymore. But I see what Jeff's saying. Like from their from a business standpoint, you right, right. Feel, you know, but yeah, but think, they still go way too long. I feel like at I mean, that point, that, that's you already got sixty dollars. Like, with, with with movies, if if you're watching the second movie, it's safe to assume that people saw the first one. With I feel like with TV shows, they almost always assume that people have watched. Yeah, right. But, like yeah. with more serial video shows, games. Yeah, they, but video they games, they, they, they never, they never. Because some people do just buy games. Yeah. Here, yeah, like, like, well, this is the seventh game in this Final Fantasy series. Perhaps I will check it out. Yeah. Uh, that, that always killed me that, like, a lot of people um, did that. I, that's why I was, I mean, not that it was stupid, but it just surprised me that it, you know, sold as well because of that. Well, if you but, think about Final Fantasy, it, like, that's that's a much more common type of game where it's it's episodic, essentially, you know? Right, but I'm saying most people didn't know that when they bought it. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I'm just jumping into the seventh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just jumping into the seventh part of this and... For all they knew, the previous six were dealing with Sephiroth yeah. and everything in other games. Um, but what kills me about this is they always teach you how to play the game, but they rarely give you a story recap you know, at the start of the game or, or some little maybe optional thing that you can watch to catch you up on the game. It happens sometimes, but it's really rare, and I really would like one because I've got several things bookmarked on my browser to did, did figure Mass out Effect what's going 3? on in Assassin's Creed. Did Mass Quite Effect late. Three have much of a tutorial? I can't remember. Not, not really. You it's just had the, the you were an escape from Earth at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's a small tutorial. It's but, yeah. really short. I feel like that's one of the only games that has like really. And some of it was new, like how you like will jump from place yeah. to place. I, I think Mass Effect Three they felt a little bit more comfortable because it was coming out so quickly, and I, I think the second yeah. one get a lot of visibility, but it's rare. All right, well, speaking of, Mitch actually brought this up a little bit ago. Uh, XCOM, uh, that's the other game we're going to talk about a little bit today. Tell uh, me your stories of your troops, brother. <laughs> XCOM is a Not game. as good. <laughs> I'm X- American. XCOM's a game that, like, um, I get, it totally caught me off guard over the last, you know, month. I mean, I've really only been playing it for the last week, but it was just a game that wasn't on my radar at all. And now all of a sudden, like, it came out and everyone was like really excited about it. And now I'm just been playing it pretty much any free moment I get when I'm at home this last week. Yeah. I haven't had my PC in my house the last week, but I've, I think I put like 20 hours into it so far, like 19, <laughs> including the tutorial, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's freaking hard, dude. Like I did not expect it to be as hard as it is. Like I'm mulliganing constantly. Like if a guy takes like a little bit of damage, I'm just like, I could have done that better and I'll reload a save. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they recommend not reloading your saves. If for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a strategy game. It's turn-based and you have a squad of several soldiers that kind of level up um, and you just take them on missions and you're managing this like secret defense force. Um, that's protecting Earth against aliens. And so you have to manage, like, the base and how many scientists and the stuff you're researching and launch satellites to monitor aliens and manage, like, manage, countries' like, loyalty yeah, to panic you. levels. If they get too high in panic and then the monthly review rolls around, they'll just, like, pull out the project and, like, you lose their funding forever. You can't get it back. And the game will actually, like, end if you lose all the countries. There actually is a fail state for oh, XCOM. Wow. Yeah. No, because otherwise you have no source of income. So yeah, just start building power generators and satellite nexuses, and just get like a stable of satellites ready to go. So whenever a nation starts to panic, you can just launch a satellite. See, I'm just now starting to build satellite things. I've got a, I've got a few countries at like level three or four panic. So I'm kind of like, eh. yeah, it takes like it takes like thirty in-game days to build a satellite. But the nice thing is, like, once you launch it, you immediately get the panic reduction. You don't have to wait until it's actually deployed. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you manage all these things, and then you uh, the actual game. You have your soldiers, and what's cool is that you can like name your soldiers kind of whatever you want. And it seems like it's such a silly thing, but the fact that you can name them and like customize them um, gives you a lot of attachment to them. So my squad. And, and I'm 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 your best soldier, aren't I? <laughs> you're, you're actually my best soldier too. Nice. <laughs> You're my second best soldier. Oh, okay, second um, best. <laughs> he was he was from you can't change their country affiliation, right? No, you can't. Which I feel like you should be able to cuz yeah. like Anthony, no, Nick is Canadian in my game, which <gasps> is kind of, I know. Well, you died in Canada, Anthony. So <laughs> always the way I wanted to go. Yeah, Nick's Italian, Nick's Italian in my game. That's um, so perfect. Yeah. Bueno. But Jeff Jeff's character is um Swedish, so I named him Jerf Jormas. 
Um, I mean, there's also a history about that, but <laughs> but it made sense for a Swedish character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but so Jeff's Jeff my second Swedish best show. soldier. You're my run and gun guy, so you're like the first man in, last man out. Um, He's a bridge burner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Took <laughs> me a second. Yeah. Um, Proud you remembered. Then um, a guy named Goatbone is my leader. He's my most uh, <laughs> he's my most experienced soldier. Of course. Um, and then Nick is my most experienced medic, and Anthony's my second most experienced medic. Um, and I'm apparently a useless ass sniper. Yeah, Mitch is really useless in my game. <laughs> so I'm pretty Which much. Which is funny because like Eddie has the most confirmed kills in my game. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much only gonna take Mitch on missions when I need to capture an alien. Because that means someone has to get really close to it. So he sends Mitch up. So I send a rookie. I always bring a mission, a rookie on that mission. Let him hang in the back and then run up and try to capture it. I did request that at some point I die horribly, so he's fulfilling my wish. Yeah. I've let a few characters die. Um, Daenerys Targaryen died on her first mission. Oh. Um, uh, Childish Gambino, I made oh. him... I made him my rookie runner to capture an alien, and he is now like my second or third best soldier. Um, so he survived a lot. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really fun, and I just really enjoy uh, kind of tracking the soldiers. They say to just let them die. Um, I've let them a few of them die, but I've also mulliganed a couple of times when I thought the game. That's my one complaint about the game right now is that there's there's some cheap deaths. Yeah. So it's like I've started a mission, and within one turn, like two of my guys are dead, oh, and like that's, that's it. Lame. Yeah. You can't even you can't you don't even always have the option to bring them back. Um, so it'd be one thing if you could revive pretty easily, but like a lot of times you only have one medikit that you can use just once during the game early on, and and then that's it. Like if they lose all their HP, then they're gone forever. And so there's been one or two missions that have started out that way, and I've reloaded because I'm like bullshit. No. Yeah, a couple of enemies occasionally like will spawn <laughs> on your guys even when they're not supposed to, like the alien, the cyber disc has a real bad habit of doing that. Like two or three times I just had a cyber to spawn like in my squad and then explode and kill like three guys. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm really impressed with, with how smartly the game is designed. Like everything just feels really good. Um, I love the combat and like the tactics and the strategy and I love managing the base stuff. Like I never thought I'd enjoy that, but I really do. The one thing I wish about the combat is that you could sneak up on aliens because as soon as you get into an alien's like I don't know like detection range, they automatically get a free move to set up. Yeah, that, I do hate that. Yeah, so I kind of wish you could like one time I managed to get like right on the edge of a group of aliens and then I shot a rocket into them and killed them all. That was the one time I actually managed to like stealth my way up to an encounter. But every other time, they get a free move and then more often than not, they get completely out of your range and you have to come running to them. Yeah, and then so. you're out of moves and they come in and shoot you and yeah. Yeah, and the chrysalid comes in and impregnates your best soldier and spawns a new chrysalid. And... Hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. But yeah, so I highly recommend XCOM to anyone that like enjoys strategy games in the slightest. I'm not sure whether I, I do enjoy strategy games. I mean, I, I think the only strategy game that I've played, uh, oh, and I can't remember the name, uh, was it Valkyria Chronicles? Is that what yes. it's called? Yes, yeah. Okay, I liked that for a while, except for the fact that the battle started going for like three hours with no saves. This is a little bit different than Valkyria Chronicles. It's, it's similar in concept, but the, the battles are actually pretty short in okay. XCOM, which so I that, love. That, it was actually the length of the battles that killed that game for me more than anything. Because... Plus you can save in the middle of a battle and yeah. quit yeah. out and stuff. But yeah, but the battles are really only about, what would you say, Mitch? I think like 20 to 30 minutes, if that. Yeah, around that, yeah. I mean, for the big story missions, it's a little bit longer, but not bad yeah not not really i think they mostly cap out at like 30 minutes and that's if you're like, like being like hours. overly cautious and can't find but the maps are usually pretty small contained yeah, and depending on the enemy sometimes the enemies will just come at you for the entire match yeah yeah like the mutons and the chrysalids and stuff yeah. i'll be getting it for christmas i'm excited yeah i think, dude, like I, think I think you'll really like it i think it's right up your alley the i played the demo on the psn and i was like i want more of this right now yeah it's it's really i'm i'm just really impressed by how tight the whole game is, the whole experience. Because usually, like, like some like games like that, sometimes they're lacking something. Uh, <clears throat> like I'm thinking back to like Tropico or something like that. Like it was fun, but like it's missing something. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually those games do something well and some things not well. But this one Tropico was everything that well. I heard about it and I was like, oh, that sounds really awesome. And I played it and I'm like, but it's just something that's not grabbing me. I mean, uh, you guys have raved about it so much. I, I do think I want to give it a chance at some point. I just, 
I don't know. I should probably play the demo just to see if that can give me an idea. I know, I know it's probably... Does the demo even give a good idea of what the game is like? Yeah, not in the strategy, but in the actual combat, uh, it does. Yeah. yeah, it gives you a tutorial mission, then it gives you a mission to play by yourself. Uh, and uh, when you, the tutorial walks you through it like step by step, and then when you play the mission like by yourself, you're like, "Wait, I have all this freedom! Oh God!" Like you like really feel like you're gonna screw it up. But oh, yeah. if, you just, uh, if, if you just take your time and just think of the things you learn in the tutorial, you'll be fine. I, I am bad about taking my time sometimes. <laughs> like, okay, so I guess I never told you guys, I actually really didn't like Dishonored after a certain point. But Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I forgot that you were playing it. Uh, I, I, I only played it for about mm, a, few, a few hours. I, I played, like, the intro mission where you're escaping from the prison, and then I started to play the first city mission. And I'm terrible at stealth. And it, it might have been... First-person because... stealth is hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm just, like, generally terrible at it, but um, I was trying to... Because I had read that the game sort of punishes you for not playing stealthily, even though you can basically kill everybody you meet and not worry about it. What is it? It starts spawning rats and, and, and everything. But So I was trying to play stealthily, and I came around the corner and, like, ran into four guards, and I was like, oh, shit, and I had to kill them all. And it just went downhill from there, and I just... I don't know. I felt like I was incapable of playing the game that it was the way it was supposed to be played. So I sometimes with games that require a certain play style, I don't know. If I can feel myself flailing, I just sort of, you know, implode. And I, I, I could see that maybe happening with a strategy game that required a lot of patience and, and careful planning. You know, it, like it might get to the point where I'm like, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Mitch, did you play Dishonored any? No, I didn't. I ended up not playing Dishonored. There's just too many games coming out in this window, and something had to give. And I heard the, all the reviews are really good, but I heard from people actually playing the game that it was not as good as the reviews were making it out to be. So I kind of let it. I kind of let it drop. Yeah, yeah. Like I a, am, friend, uh... a friend of mine got it, and he was like, within he got it, he was like, dude, I got Dishonored, super excited. And then like three hours later, he texted me, and he was like, I brought it back. Wow. I didn't like it. I'm getting yeah. it for Christmas. Well, well so, so <laughs> I'll the, let you know. The, the thing is, like, you know. You can but, review it. <laughs> yeah, I'll review it. But before I got to the point where I got frustrated with it, um, I actually just wasn't impressed with the style. You know, it, it didn't seem like that unique. Uh, it, it felt like a fairly generic first person game with swords instead of guns. And then they started throwing in mechanics. And I'm sure I didn't play it far enough in to get to the point that people were excited about. But if if you haven't hooked me within the first couple of hours, then you yeah, know, that's Assassin's Creed Three might not be for you. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Thank God for Halo and XCOM. <laughs> I, I think if you know what what to expect, like with the Assassin's Creed games, I can see myself being more willing to put up with some shit. But for a game that's completely new, it's much harder for me to... Right, with Assassin's Creed, you know once you get past a certain point, you're going to have some fun. Yeah, you right. know at a certain point, it's going to be an Assassin's Creed game. Right. Whereas with Dishonored, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get to the point where it was actually going to be something... Is this going to be an Assassin's Creed game? <laughs> well, no, it, like... I play every game until it becomes an Assassin's Creed game. That's my goal. You're yep. like, playing Tetris, you're like, all right, when do I get to kill some dudes? When will I get to fall off a roof by accident and impale somebody? When can I recruit new Tetris pieces to my Tetris order? And send them off to do my Tetris bidding. Dude, I'm totally picturing... We like, need to make this game. <laughs> this game sounds awesome. I'm picturing murdering people with Tetris pieces. You know that would be awesome. Like a falling block game that involves murder. Like, how that is that not great. a thing? It should be. Falling blocks uh, of death. Video game developer, video game publishers, we are here. We are willing to work. <laughs> Sign us up. We will tell you all these cool ideas and you'll make them. That's that's totally what we you want to do. We will work crunch right? for seven months straight. <laughs> I can never last through crunch. Oh. Neither could I. <laughs> I would do it like one so, week and I'd be like, F you guys. So wait, Jeff, how's Resident Evil 6 going? Are you still playing that or are you just you just like Borderlands, bro? I just like Borderlands. I, I, I literally have not. You finished Borderlands, right? I did finish Borderlands. Um, so I haven't touched Resident Evil 6 since the podcast. I, I've literally only played that first like hour or two of it. But Borderlands 2, I checked my time. And uh, according to the game menu, I have played my level 38 siren for 
two days and 15 hours. So <laughs> that's like 60 something hours. And then I have that's insane, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. You've played more than me at this point. I'm at 56 hours. Right. And that's with, that's with the DLC and beating it twice and being level capped. Yeah. I've, I've only beaten it once. I did beat the, the DLC. I'm kind of in a funny place where like, the the only missions I have left on normal are Terramorphous and uh, Hyperius, which are absolutely impossible to do by yourself, especially when you're only level 38. But I, I started trying to do uh, True Vault Hunter, and um, Flint rocked my ass like six, you know a dozen times in a row. I, I'm underpowered for True Vault Hunter, but I have nothing that'll let me level up enough to... So I'm kind of stuck, which kind of sucks. Basically, I think I, I can't really do much more with it until more DLC comes out. Uh, but yeah, I also have a level 8 Gunzerker and a level 8 Necromancer. And I very well may just, you know, start another campaign and play some more characters. Dang, Jeff. I'm okay, so biggest wow. surprise of fall 2012, how good Borderlands 2 is, how bad Resident Evil 6 is, or how good XCOM is. How good XCOM is. How good XCOM is. That kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I think knew, I'm on the I same page. I knew I was going to love Borderlands 2. I knew. Yeah, you knew game. they were going to improve on the first game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really like the first game, even though it definitely has some, some stuff that annoyed me. But the second game is everything I liked about the first game, but better. Yeah. So, I mean, like one of the little things that really annoyed me about the first game was that the music was the same all the time. And the second one actually has really good music. Has a very good soundtrack. Yeah, like yeah. It, some of my favorite music is uh, in one of the uh, the the bandit uh, battle circle. The music in that is actually really cool. Yeah, it's kind of dubstepy yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so kids love the dubstep. Mitch was going to do a quick over under update. I guess that's kind of related since we were just talking about the fall twenty twelve stuff. We also didn't. We didn't even do one for XCOM, <laughs> did we? Because we probably weren't. It probably wasn't even on our radar. No, not really. Okay, so. Uh, so I'll just do real quick. So Assassin's Creed 3, I said over under 90. Uh, what did I, I had high hopes for that game. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's 85 right now, and Nick said 89, so he wins. Everyone else was uh, – Eddie you, Eddie, you said push. Anthony, you said 92. Jeff, you said 91. What? Crap. So Nick, Nick lowballed, so he won. I don't remember who um, the, the, one, the one podcast that he attended in the last six months. <laughs> yeah. just, just shows up. Just shows up. some games and leaves. Yeah, that's that's kind of how Nick does it. And uh, Halo 4, I said over under 87. It currently has a 90. Uh, Anthony, you said 89, so you win. Everyone else was low. Yay. Eddie said 84, so Eddie, suck on that. Well, I didn't think it would be bad. I thought people would review it bad. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, Anthony won Halo 4. Halo, Halo. <laughs> I love that Anthony is the most excited about Halo. I know, yes. like considering like two years ago, whenever you said Halo, he was just like fucking scoff, and now he's just like Halo. <laughs> no, I was I was happy when Reach came out. It was yeah. it was pre Reach that I, uh, you know, was, was not... Reach two years ago. Yeah, oh, one year, been, right? Two years. Oh yeah, it was two years ago. Okay, yeah, I should have said three years. Yeah, three years ago, I was like, whatever. I'm not playing Halo because I don't play Halo. And then I played Halo, and I'm like, oh, Halo's great. I like Halo with my boys. I, I'm the Halo scoffer now. Yeah. You're the scoffer. Well, you're more Scoff. indifferent to it, right? It's it's. I've tried to He's, play it, and it he scoffs. I've heard him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I missed the boat on on Combat Evolved when I tried to play the uh, remastered version. I think it's just if I had played it when it came out, I might have liked it. But Jeff's still a uh, combat Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's a good. That that's a good. Right. That's a good ending note. So. Yeah. That is, there was no game, so that's just the end of the podcast. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, we're twitter.com slash gamersfishy. Um, you should rate and review the podcast well. We always like to leave that, that little disclaimer yep. to rate it. Just pretend we didn't go away for a month and then rate it as if this came out the week after the last one. And that it was awesome. And you, that you'll you'll probably have to pretend that it's awesome because it's not awesome. Um, All the stuff we do was in the future. Yeah. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, on twitter.com slash Revis. Um, twitter.com slash on Twitter. And twitter.com slash mi7ch. Twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. Yes, brother. The podcast rises. <laughs> All right. There we go. And uh, if you want to find... 
Nick on Twitter. Just Google him or something. I, I don't know. No one cares. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. Who <laughs> need to stand on ceremony here, Mr. James? All right. <laughs> Mitch is very proud of himself. I am very proud of myself. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of you being proud of me. Don't don't be proud of yourself. Be proud of me, who is proud of you. Here's the drill that we're Don't start that. Yeah.